Welcome to the Capital Region YP. Insights plus resources for young professionals in the 518. Our presenting sponsors are Berkshire Bank, Ellis Medicine, Leah Cars, and National Grid. Supporting sponsors include Bishop House Consulting, TransFinder, Vent Fitness, and Verizon. Hello, everybody. My name is Michaela Lansing with Six Marketing, and today I have our November YP of the Month, Matthew Ingold. Matt, how are you doing today? Great, Michaela. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. We're so excited to have you. So to start off, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what career field you're in, who your employer is, and your involvement that you've had with the YPN? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I guess I could start with the YPN. I I first moved to the Capital Region. Uh, I'm a transplant. I was originally from Buffalo, and then I was in the military for a bit. I was in the Marine Corps, and so lived out in California. Met my wife out there. We got married when I moved back to uh, Virginia, and she's from Troy. So that's how we made our way back up here. So we did that in 2014, and uh, shortly after that, I started working for a company called Benetech. Uh, was with them for about six years, but it was when I was with Benetech that I got introduced to the Capital Region Chamber, specifically YPN. And I always tell people, I remember meeting this guy, Ryan Watroba, and some of you may know him, but I was just so impressed with him. And uh, I, was, I went to my first YPN event at Proctor's, and I, I was just so impressed with the young professionals that I met, and I wanted to be involved. And so I ended up getting involved uh, in the executive mentorship program which was a blast. Uh, I had an opportunity to co-chair that for two years. And that was exciting just to be able to not only interact with more of the young professionals, but interact with some of the seasoned professionals in the area. I I think that's one of the greatest programs that we've got uh, right now at YPN is is that executive mentorship program because you really start to see the fruitfulness of it. And there's something very ordered uh, in having these mentorship relationships, uh, especially amongst the millennial generations. We just need, we need guides. Everybody's looking for a guide. And so having these people that are so generous with their times, these, these seasoned professionals that are, are willing to make that investment of their time and their talent in some of the young talent here in the region, I don't think you can find that in every other region. I think that's something very specific to just the, and it speaks to um, the, the, the type of professionals we have here working in our region. That's really awesome. And it's cool to hear your perspective not growing up here and the things that you've seen coming here because I did grow up here. I've lived in Saratoga Springs my entire life. So I haven't got out too much. I went to college here at (laughs) Siena College. So it's cool to hear your perspective and how you saw things in other areas and then how they were when you came here. And of course, we love to hear that and love to hear um, your perspective and how great you think our different programs are. Um, I know that I didn't have a ton of involvement in these things growing up and having these here now for our young professionals, I think is so amazing to see and it really does help them grow and having people like you involved in them to have these mentorship relationships is really cool to see. Yeah, Michaela, people really are hungering for community, especially in light now with, with COVID. And here we are, we're kind of doing a, a virtual interview. We're not in the same place together. There's, there's, yep. And there's still, there's still a lot of benefit in that. I mean, quite frankly, that's, that's you know, I, I shared that I worked at Benetech. I no longer work there. In fact, I, as, of, as of May this year, um, my wife and I set out as really entrepreneurs. We had an opportunity that kind of came up amidst COVID because of COVID. It was a perfect storm for us to really step out in an entrepreneurial venture. 
And it kind of happened that I, you know, I, I speak, I'm, I'm Roman Catholic in my faith, and I speak at Catholic events from time to time for men's conferences. And I was going to go speak down in Memphis, and it got canceled, right? That was back in April. A buddy of mine was going to speak up in Milwaukee. His got canceled. And I, I called him up, and I said, hey, man, why don't we just do a virtual conference? Now, virtual conferences are all over the place now, but back in March, they're, they're not really. It wasn't really the case. Nope. And he's like, what's that? I was like, I don't know, man, let's, let's figure it out. And so that was like at the beginning of, of March that we made that decision. And we said, you know, we'll do it on April 4th. We'll see how many people that we can get. And uh, we'll see how many presenters we can get. Well, we started reaching out to the presenters that we knew. And lo and behold, they were all sitting on their butts too, because all of their events had gotten canceled. And they were looking for a solution uh, to, to start to re-engage with their audience. And so before we knew it, we, we thought we were going to get maybe five speakers. We got 64 speakers that committed wow. to it. And some of them were some of the top names in the Catholic world. Um, we were hoping to get 500 people, and, and we ended up, Michaela, getting 64,000 people that registered for this event. I, I mean, being wow. on the receiving end of something that goes viral, it's exciting and terrifying at the same time. It's yeah, just like, right. Here we are, like, this is like the real thing. The live event is the test also. And we were just, it was one big experiment, but at the same time, this is like, we're, you know, falling back on my faith, faith also. And just seeing that, like, uh, just totally believing that the hand of the hand of God was guiding us too. That's the only thing that gave me some comfort, but you know, I was still working a full-time job at this point. And so it was like getting up at five, working on this until I went to work and then coming home at four thirty, five o'clock, spending maybe an hour with my family and then work until midnight or one on these things. And it was just an absolute grind, but the fruits of it were, were something that just opened up a brand new opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very cool story. And you said that you don't know if you could get that many people, but realistically, I think that the world is changing a little bit. And like you said, COVID kind of gave people this these new opportunities. I mean, before we wouldn't have been sitting on a Zoom meeting like this, maybe once in a while if you have a client that's not in the area, but realistically people weren't on these platforms like they are now, but I think that these platforms are just getting introduced to people. I don't think that just because we start going back into the real world, they're really going to leave. So I think that maybe you might see a bit of a shift, but I really think that these types of things are here to stay. And I think that it's really cool how something so horrible going on in the world, you were able to build something so like great out of it and you're able to help people through this time with what you built so i think that that's all really really awesome thanks thanks it's it's been it's been a lot of fun yeah a lot of learning um i I still kind of look at this as one great big experiment Mm -hmm. and i kind of i like that mindset looking at that way because i then it's it kind of takes the weight out of it it's it's i show up with more curiosity than like a, a fear mindset of of, oh man, I, I wonder if this is going to work. It's kind of like more like, oh, let's see if we can do this. Let's see if, yeah. if we tweak it like this, let's see what kind of engagement we get or if, what, how people respond. And that, that's just been exciting too. Yeah. And so there's, there's always opportunities to, to, to do that and, and kind of cultivate that mindset of curiosity with whatever you're doing um, because that, that's, that's the exciting part, right? We, it, it means we get to learn something new. We get to be growth-minded versus just – you know, this fixed minded person that just says, Oh, you know, I, it is what it is. And this is, this is the, these are the only opportunities that I have. It's like, no, there's, 
there's plenty of opportunities. It's just flipping the mindset. Yeah. That's really, really awesome to have an outlook like that. And I know that you're super excited about this and I can tell that you're really passionate about it. Were you scared leaving your full-time job to start doing this? Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I can tell you what I was, the biggest struggle that I, I had was, um, was walking in and talking to my boss, John Panici, whom I love um, and I still love because he had, he had invested so much in me uh, for six years and, and just telling him that I had this other opportunity. And there was this fear that, that John was going to resent me. Um, but the first thing he said was, Matt, sounds like you hit a home run. Congratulations. Good for you. Good for you. And, you know, it, it was, I think there was, because, I mean, he, he was a person that, that stepped out and decided to be an entrepreneur himself. And so he totally, he got it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to still have a relationship with him because I very much admire him. And I, I found him to just be very virtuous in the way that he ran his company. And, and uh, it was great to be a part of it. Um, and and I, I really cherish the time that I had there. Uh, recently, we were interviewing it for one of our conferences. We actually had a, a Catholic business conference sponsored by Legatus that we did two weeks ago. And we got to really have some incredible people on that were on there. Raymond Arroyo, uh, Larry Kudlow, um, U.S. Economic, uh, uh, Economic Council. Um, uh, Mick Mulvaney actually was, was somebody came on as, for one of the interviews. And, um, but I, I found the one that was just most effective for me was this, this uh, young man. His name is Pete Burex. I call him young man. He's the same age as I am. And he, his expertise is really speaking to the millennial generation. And one of the pieces of advice that he gave, which I think will really be something that's good for YPs, is certainly something that I, I take to myself, is, is that it's good for a season of your life to deliberately submit yourself to somebody else's vision, especially early on in your professional career, to just decide that I'm going to commit to serving somebody else's mission and, and learning as much as I can. Uh, and it's not necessarily I'm doing this just to learn, right? That's kind of self-serving. Yeah. It's more so the learning is, the, is, the, is the, the side benefit. But the primary goal is giving yourself to somebody else's mission. If you ever decide that you want to be an entrepreneur, if anything, you'll learn how to act in the way that you would want your employees to act or your contractors to act when they're working with you. So I thought that was something that was very wise. Because um, especially millennial generation, we can, you know, we, we've got the stereotypes of, and there's evidence to support it, of wanting to bounce around from place to place to place. Um, there's great wisdom, though, in that. Uh, yeah. Submitting yourself for a season, and not just like a six-month season, but a, a two, a three-year season of your life where you're really giving yourself to somebody else's mission. You will learn a tremendous amount in that, that willing act of humility. I know that you were a veteran and I really want to get into that a little bit and how your past really brought you to where you are today and where you are in this position now to give all of this fantastic advice. Sure, sure. Well, I, I, can, I can tell you, just to, to go back to say who I was when I, when I showed up in the military, I, I could say that I, I was... I was the guy that I was a captain of high school, captain of the football team, you know, leads in the musicals, uh, was, was getting straight A's, was, was president of clubs and all of these things. And, and deep down inside, I was still very insecure. And I really, 
define myself, my identity by my rap sheet. And I had this, this insidious lie that I, I believed at my core and it was something even deep in my subconscious that I wasn't really aware of that was that in order to be loved, I needed to be perfect. And I think that this might resonate with some people. Yeah. Uh, but the way that I showed up was that I uh, thought I had to be flawless. And so I spent a lot of time and energy hiding my flaws. And when I first showed up at my, uh, my platoon out in 29 Palms, I was in the uh, Marine Corps Infantry, had a, a unit of about 46 men. And uh, these were combat veterans at this point. This was 2007 when I arrived at my platoon. And here I was, you know, 23 years old, or 20, 23 years old, uh, this second lieutenant that, you know, I, I'd seen stuff on TV, but I, 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 like, I had no experience in combat. What could I possibly give to these people? I was very insecure. And so I put the office in officership. I hid. I spent a lot of time just doing admin work because there was this thought that if these men discovered who I truly was and my flaws, that they would reject me. And then what would I be if I wasn't able to lead these men? Well, when we got our our orders to go to Afghanistan in 2008, I, I remember my buddies high five and I was just terrified because yeah. I knew that I wouldn't be able to hide anymore when I was over there. But when we got there and we ended up pushing out to this, this little small province in Bakwa, Southern Afghanistan, about 30 miles from Pakistan and literally building our own base. And I was on this football, football field size base uh, with 80 other men. This was something where there's, there's no place to hide, right? You couldn't hide. And so uh, they started to invariably see my flaws, but you know what? I started to see them, theirs. And I didn't resent them for them. In fact, I loved them all the more. And it was in that shared vulnerability that I learned uh, in, in combat that I really fell in love with my Marines. I, I fell in love with them. And I just desired to, to do nothing but serve them, discover new ways to serve them. How could I improve myself to be a better gift to them? And I love falling back on this quote that was really life-changing for me, and it comes from Pope St. John Paul the Great. Um, and it's man cannot know, man in the general sense, man and woman cannot know themselves except through the sincere gift of self. See, we come to know who we are, our identity, through self-donation, through self-awareness, discovering who we are so we can actually possess the gift that we are so that we can ultimately give it, not to hold it and hoard it for ourselves, but to give it generously. And, in, and it was in this experience that I started to really just fall in love with leadership and fall in love with also with like self-development, not as an end in of itself, but as the end of being able to, to be that self-gift. And I found that, that I was my best self when I was in a position when I was responsible for other people. Thank you for serving our country. Whether it's something coming from you or something that you've heard from somebody else or a mentor, what is one of the biggest pieces of advice that you would give to our young professionals? I, I would say um, to start to grow very conscious of how you're, how you're showing up. And what I mean by that is, you know, in a, in a culture that kind of defines itself as, as you've seen the hashtag triggered movement yeah. where, um, where people can, uh, they can feel, they're very conscious of their emotions and their emotions become very much fact in their story. Um, to be just very curious about your emotions, right? And this may seem kind of like fluffy bunny stuff, but the reality is like our, our, the word emotion, a movere, is really the, I think it's the Latin or the Greek that it comes from. And it means X, A, to, to move outward, movere, and movement. So it's an outward movement. So this interior phenomenon that we have, right, our emotions, 
that lead their, in their ordered sense to an, a corresponding outward movement, all right? So if we're showing up and we have an emotion of fear, that will manifest itself in our behaviors and how we show up. Even if we try to white-knuckle ourselves to, to not being afraid, right? I remember I think of the movie The Secret Life of Pets 2, right? That <laughs> my, my, I've been watching quite a bit. And there's this big dog, I can't remember his name. They're out on this farm and the dog says, the big dog says to the little dog, hey, the first thing, of, the first thing of, of, of not being afraid is acting like you're not afraid. And it's kind of like, well, maybe, but it's just really, I, it's more of a mindset shift of like showing up and actually uh, of, of being conscious of first off, why are you afraid? And a lot of the time, uh, I would say if you're showing up with, with, with fear, an emotion of fear, right? And you got that pit in your stomach, uh, uh, or you're showing up with an emotion of a embarrassment, or I should be doing this, maybe there's shame that's there, to be very conscious of it. Because behind that emotion, there is a thought, and it may not necessarily be conscious, but it could be something on the subconscious level and just capturing that thought. My wife and I, our second business that we have is called Metanoia Catholic. It's a Catholic life coaching company and we're, we're mindset coaches and we help people to really cultivate this interior life, this life of interior reflection. We, we journal every single day. I think it's something that everybody should do because the reality is that our minds are, are, are chaotic, right? They're meant to be very ordered gardens. And right now for a lot of us, they are an absolute chaos. We're not good stewards of what we bring into it. Uh, we think that, uh, you know, we can, we can just put anything into it and we can just buckle down on it. But the reality of it is that our minds aren't that much different than my two-year-old's mind. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And thank you for saying yes and giving yourself to this podcast today. I know that so many of our young professionals are going to be listening to this and are really going to take so much from it because I know that I did. So thank you again for coming out and doing this. You get, you bet, Michaela. Let's, let's do it again. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. All right, Bye, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to our Cap Region YP podcast presented by the Capital District Transportation Authority, CDTA. The show is produced by me, Blaze Bryant, and transcribed by Loria Lavinia. What did you think? Let us know at facebook.com slash techvalleyypn or on Instagram at techvalleyypn. 